0: We're praying for the thousands that will be coming through these doors um, in, the, in the weeks ahead uh, that they might know something of Jesus here and at Revive uh, as well. Brilliant. Let me just do some adjusting. There we go. Look at that. Perfect. That's good news. So I get the privilege of starting our uh, Home for Christmas um, uh, series through um, uh, this December. There we are. I've caught up. But uh, just before I start, we've, we've, uh, through the month as well, we've asked, we're asking people in town, ordinary people, but particularly those from different backgrounds, different countries and cultures, uh, what they think when they hear home for Christmas. So here's, here's an interview from earlier this week. Us but all together uh, enjoying eating, spending with the brother, sister, uncle, uncle, uh, being together, eating, and spending some time without thinking about life, business, or something like that. There we are. So that's that's one. What does home for Christmas make you think and Feel um, every Sunday, of course, is an opportunity to invite guests and friends. And if you're a guest here this morning, you're really, really welcome. Uh, thank you so much for spending the morning with us. But in particular, there are two uh, Sundays that we're we're really wanting to invite many guests to. First of all, is our well, good messy Christmas. Um, on the 15th of December, and you've got these flyers on the chairs uh, around you as well. In the afternoon, particularly if you've got small children, young children, or you have friends who have young children, or you're a grandparent, or an aunt or uncle, uh, or you've got next-door neighbours who have young children, whatever, wherever, invite them along to a well-good, messy Christmas. Uh, and then, of course, our, uh, our main uh, Christmas carol service. We love to pack the place with loads of, of guests. The last uh, two, three years, we've built up a great momentum, uh, with this. And I know already there are many who are saying, oh, I'm, I'm coming to your, your carol service. So Sunday the 22nd, we've got no meeting here in the morning, uh, but in the afternoon at four o'clock, uh, we'll be in here uh, for our uh, amazing Christmas carol service. Um, next Sunday, so please take some of these and there's more down the corridor. If you want to give them away, we're not going to run out Uh, You can't exhaust our supply, Um, so please take them, give them away to friends, neighbours, people you work with, uh, that kind of school gate, that kind of thing. Um, Next Sunday evening, uh, meeting in the morning, and then the evening we'll worship and pray together. We're going to pray for the presence of God with us through these Christmas months, but also we'll pray particularly for the UK, it'll be election week about to start. We want to pray for our nation, we want to pray for revival, don't we? Uh, And so let's pray together next Sunday evening. And for those who are going to be in town next Saturday, finally, um, then uh, we have the opportunity to sing carols in County Mao from midday uh, with other churches from around, uh, around Crawley. I had a coffee with uh, Steve Burston, who leads uh, St. John's uh, in town. They've organized uh, this. Uh, I, I was just grateful to him because last year we stood in the rain outside the bandstand and I was more cold than I've ever been in my life. Uh, so I'm so happy we're inside County Mao this year, 12 o'clock. Come and sing carols with lots of other churches. Good stuff. So, home for Christmas. Um, God has sent us an invitation. Um, homecoming is the is the big story of uh, humanity. Uh, it's the big narrative in the scriptures of the God who made us for relationship with Him and His call for us to be at home with Him. Um, From Adam and Eve onwards, right in the beginning of the Bible story, um, in their beautiful Eden garden home, uh, with God, in perfect relationship with one another and in perfect, transparent relationship with God. And and then, of course, because of their sin, put outside. Um, The big story of the Bible is one of, of God inviting this increasingly growing lost family of outsiders to turn from their independence and their rebellion and their sin and to come back home to be with him Uh, and right through the scriptures we find those stories we've looked at some of them through this autumn Abraham uh, called out from his father's home a, a pagan background. Uh, A little bit like uh, Pratik said, just in in a Hindu world, one family called to follow Jesus. For Abraham called out of a pagan family to follow the call of God. God promised him an inheritance. Moses later led the people out of Egypt with a promise, you're going to go into a land I'm giving you. Moses himself wasn't able to take the people into the land. It was Joshua that took them into the promise. Later, David and Solomon uh, we find these two kings: father and son, one build a city, one build a temple, where God has said, "I'm going to come and live with my people and be present with them." But of course the people continue to sin. They continue to rebel. They continue to live independently. And so all the way through the the prophets in the Old Testament. uh, Those passages that some of us find really hard to read. In between the great stories about the kings and then the New Testament gospel stories. The prophets are calling God's people who are now exiled in far off places because of their sin. Calling them. Turn back to God. And come back home. All of this. Is the backdrop to Jesus Christ, as you turn the pages in our uh, in our Bibles from the Old to the New Testament, then Jesus appears. Isaiah prophesies 700 years before uh, about Jesus coming. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. All of the story up to this point has pointed to Jesus Christ. All of the promises. All of the longing to be at home with God in relationship with him. Everything that's been hardwired into our hearts since Eden. All the Old Testament stories about the land and the cities and the temple. It all points to a person, Jesus Christ. And it all pivots on our relationship with him. Hallelujah. Turn with me to John chapter 1 please. And we'll just read a few verses there from John's Gospel. Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. Michael, I loved your uh, uh, message reading of Romans uh, this morning. I I said to Chris and Nick, wow, that was my sermon summarized far better than I'm going to do it in the next few minutes. So thank you for reading that. John chapter 1. You're welcome. Uh, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. With him, Without him nothing was made that has been made. The glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. In this Sunday and in the Sundays ahead, we're going to, in very simple ways, be explaining the gospel, the good news about Jesus Christ. Many of us as believers want to be able to communicate the story that we're in I hope that today and in the weeks ahead, we equip one another in that, that you, you get an idea of, oh yeah, how I can explain this, this story. Uh, just keep reading it for yourself, practicing, sharing it with one another and with those who don't yet know Jesus. There may be some in here today, I don't know your hearts, who are hearing, uh, who hear with some clarity this story of Jesus for the first time today. Um, and if that's the case, we want to help you as we respond in a few minutes' time. I was talking with a friend um, this week, just before the weekend, who who's not yet a follower of Jesus, but said to me, "I, I want his what was in the WhatsApp. I, I want to understand God's big picture for my life and how God could love me." What a question to be asked by someone who's not yet a follower of Jesus. I, I think all of us have a sense of this at some point in our lives, and this desire ultimately. To know where we fit in the story is fulfilled in Jesus. Um, like, like me, when I met my friend a few days ago, we don't have to have an answer to every question they have. We can't have a clever answer to every question. But we can point people to Jesus. It's great to be able to talk about Jesus, not just talk about church, but talk about Jesus with people. The Scriptures say when the Son of Man is lifted up, He will, he will draw, He'll invite all men and women to Himself. I, I, let's talk about Jesus a bit more this Christmas church, shall we? Why, why don't you dare, why don't you make a little resolution right now? You could pray quietly in your mind. Jesus, I, I don't just want to um, invite... Invite people to Christmas carol celebrations. But I'd love to be in a conversation where I get to talk about you this Christmas. Anyone brave enough to pray that under their breath right now? I tell you, yeah, well done. He'll answer that, that prayer. Well, thank you, Jesus. Help us. In the beginning, John 1, 1 says, if you, if you know the Bible story, you'll think that's familiar. It's familiar because right at the start of the Bible, in Genesis 1, you get the same line. It's speaking, it was this word, it's, it's complicated language perhaps. The, the word that John is speaking of is, is Jesus Christ. He is the living word. He's the one who spoke in the very beginning to bring everything through his authority into existence, all of creation. Um, Jesus himself has always been at home with the Father and the Spirit, Father, Son and Spirit in perfect community, perfect communion. In the very beginning, all things were made by him and through him, including our home, this planet that we have the joy of caring for and stewarding. Each one of us he made, and he made in us the longing to know him and to be right with him and at home with him in relationship. In verse 4 of John chapter 1, it says, In him, in Jesus, was life. Um, When you read about Adam in the first few chapters of Genesis, the first man that God created, the, um, the, the pinnacle of God's creation. Um, it says Adam was formed in the image of God. Um, you read that uh, God breathed his spirit into Adam. It wasn't just natural breath. Adam wasn't just an accident of, of chemical responses and reactions that came out of the swamp. No, God formed him and God breathed his life and his spirit into him. It's true of us too. And what we see from this and through Jesus is that true life is found when men and women like you and me, who were made in the image of God but have been distorted by sin, get born again by the Spirit. And the Spirit of God is breathed into us. And we're brought into relationship and true alignment again with the God who made us to know Him. That, that life is light. It says, in, in, uh, as I stand in the, in the beautiful sunshine here, I might have a tan by the end of the morning. I think my freckles will have, all I can feel them popping out um, as I'm speaking to you. It's lovely. Please don't draw the curtains. I'm enjoying it. Um, we don't need to buy spotlights. We've just got beautiful sunlight. Um, that life, that life is light, John 1, 4 tells us. God literally lights up your life when you come into relationship with him. You and I are made to shine like stars in this wicked and depraved generation. That's what the scriptures say. It means we get to glow with this life-giving presence. It means we get to carry him into every situation and circumstance of our lives, whether we're going home uh, to a family in India, carrying the presence of Jesus, whether you're giving away coats outside Revive, whether you're volunteering at the school Christmas fair, we get to carry the glowing light and life of Jesus into every circumstance around us. I I think that's quite an exciting idea, isn't it? I I didn't hear a Tony Amen there, but I'm sure there's one coming, isn't there? Amen. There we go. That's good. You're with me, Tony. Well done. We're, ma- we're made for light and life, John's Gospel says. We're made for the life and light of relationship. Um, if it's true in, in, uh, in, in human terms, it's fully true in terms of our relationship with God, light and life are probably two of the, the big comforts of, of home. I love our little sitting room here, but it's just a, it's a taste of, of a sitting room at home, perhaps. For years, I would come home from work when we were living and serving God up north and in, in the homes and the places we've lived in down here. And I'd come home from work, and as I'd come to our house, the, you could see every light on. Uh, and I'd open the front door and there'd be noise and heat and the smell of dinner cooking and music playing and kids doing homework around the table. I, I came home to a house of life and, and light. Then suddenly, about two years ago, um, two of our older ones left home and, and I came home. Uh, day after day and Kaz was in a job where she came home a bit later than me and Jude was studying in Brighton and came home a bit later some days and I walked up to the house and put my key in the door and said hello uh, and the house was dark and empty and the heating hadn't clicked on yet and there was no sound and it was lifeless. And the first few weeks I walked around the house switching all the lights on and putting music on. Um, we, we're like flowers. We, we grow from the, the, the life that's in the seed and then when we get above the ground we turn towards the light for more life, to, to drink it in. I think that's why things like loneliness and, and, and bereavement and grief, are, are, they can be so destructive, can't they? why isolation causes so many mental health and depressive issues, why, uh, what do they call it, SAD, the seasonal affectation disorder um, that, that means so many of us just respond because we don't get this beautiful sunlight in the northern hemisphere and, and come under all kinds of, uh, of struggles. It's why this time of year when we have a week like we did earlier in the week where it was just grey and rainy every day and we just begin to dream of, oh, it'd be great to book a summer holiday somewhere warm and sunny. All our friends in Brazil right now that are on beautiful beaches in their Brazilian summer and we're looking at them on Instagram just thinking, God, why did he call us here? Um, and, and, and just in a, in, a, in a simple human level, we're, effect, we're made for life and light, aren't we? And family and joy and, uh, and community. And if it's true in human terms, how much more is it true of our relationship with the God who made us to know him in this way? Jesus is introduced in John's Gospel as the light and the life. We get a taste of it in family and friendships and holidays and, uh, and maybe even Instagram photos. But, but the authentic, the, the true light and life that we're designed to turn to and draw from is found only in Jesus Christ. He's the life you're looking for. He's the light you're looking for. All these other things are legitimate and can be healthy expressions. Um, there's loads of beauty in our human relationships and creation, but the true light, the true life, uh, the one thing we really need, it's only found in and through relationship with Jesus Christ. Uh, amen. Yeah, there we are. We're on it now. And, and here's the good news. Because because of the dislocation of sin, we're far from the light of God. Uh, and, and yet John's gospel here tells us, verse 9, Hey, how can I turn to this light? Where can I find this light? Well, hey, good news. Verse 9 says, Jesus, the true light, is coming into the world. Wow, that's wonderful. He's not left us in the darkness, but he's come to bring his light to our lives in planet Earth. In the previous verses, John the, John the Baptist, the, the, the last and greatest of the, of the prophets, as Jesus calls him, uh, is introduced. John the Baptist's ministry is to point towards Jesus. He says there's one coming soon. The, the light and the darkness is coming. John's setting the stage. If this was the, the, uh, the, the big movie, uh, this would be the dramatic trailer. Uh, where the music's beginning to build and the curtains beginning to go wider. And John's saying, he's coming, he's coming, he's coming. The true light's going to come and bring life to everyone. And yet, verses 10 and 11, here in John 1, you you would expect then everyone to say, wow, Jesus is here. From verse 9, but verse 10 and 11 says that there are many who don't receive him. There are many who don't recognize this light. This kind of uh, drama of salvation is played out in our home every single morning has done for years I particularly in the winter I get up in the mornings have my time with the Lord praying doing a bit of study and and then I come upstairs with a cup of tea and a kiss uh, and I I wake up Cass so she can pray and I come into the room with a cup of tea and I, I I turn on the on the lamp and this 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 drama of salvation is played out because as the lamp comes on and the cup of tea is put down, morning darling, uh, and, and suddenly there's this writhing around and there's a covering of eyes and there's a, I don't want to see the light, turn the light off, I want the darkness. It's played out morning after, after morning. Um, hey, the light and the life that we need is calm in the person of Jesus and yet we, we cover ourselves up, we deceive ourselves. We carry on as though we don't want to know. We want to remain in our slumber and keep our heads turned away in our rebellion. She, she gets there in the end. It's okay. Um, and it's true for humanity as well. Verse 12 tells us that some of us have seen, some of us have recognized, some of, many of us have come to the light and received the life. Oh, verse 12 is a beautiful verse. Those who do so, those who respond to the light, Uh, as Kaz did even this morning, uh, are rightly called children of God. What a thing it is to be called. Do you know if you're a follower of Jesus, if you've responded to his light and life, you're, you're not just a believer, you're not just a churchgoer, you are a child of God. It speaks of us belonging, it speaks of us coming into a family. It matters to be part of the family. I don't think you can do this Christian life on your own. I think it's really hard to follow Jesus, uh, who is the light, and not be around a family of believers who also encourage us in the light and the life. You're a child of God. You matter. You are made for purpose. There's a people you belong to now. You have a father in heaven. You have, a, a, uh, you have brothers and sisters. You have a true home uh, that is secure in fact, it's more secure and certain than anything you could put a deposit down on now and save for or invest in human terms. Jesus tells a, a beautiful story. It's probably one of the famous stories of Jesus in Luke chapter 15. Uh, we call it the story of the prodigal son. Or it's the story of the loving father, perhaps. And um, He speaks about this wayward son. Um, he's living for his own desires. He's like a mini Adam in one sense. It plays out that drama of, of the first few chapters of Genesis. The, the son, he wants his inheritance early. I want my money. Dad, I wish you were dead. I, I don't want to live under your authority, your control. Man, you're so heavy. I'm going to live my life my own way. I know much better than you. And so off he goes. The father releases him. lets him have a freedom of his will within the father's greater will. He leaves the light and life and warmth and security of his father's house. And of course he, he blows it. He squanders everything. He finds himself broken. Um, he's, he's eating. He, he's, the only job he can get is feeding pigs. And he's living amongst the pigs. He's sleeping rough. He's, the only food he can get is the food he's feeding the, the pigs. And there's a turning of his heart. There's a longing for home. There's a maybe a wistfulness about, oh, what I left behind. And look at me now. And so he starts trudging home heavy, rehearsing his excuses. How am I going to say this to dad? Maybe if I can just, I know I'm not going to be restored to what I had but even if I could just live on the edge of his estate, at least I'd have a roof over my head and a job and I could begin to pay back my debt and all those kinds of thoughts going through his head as he trudges home repentant to his father's house and yet he's he's knocked off his feet by a father who comes running towards him and covers him in kisses like a Giant puppy would as he come home from work, and he's he's celebrated. His his name is written back in the will and the inheritance. He's he's given a seat at the table in the central room of the father's house. He gets a welcome home. He never imagined that he would receive. It's an amazing story. And in the story, Jesus talks about an older brother who's watching, who's critical and judgmental. He's worked for the father all his life. He's never done nothing wrong. He's just worked hard to secure the family assets. And now this younger brother of mine who's blown it all on high living gets back in when I've done all this all my life and I don't get any kind of reward. I've never had a party. It's an incredible story. It speaks of our hearts and our judgmentalism. The story Jesus doesn't tell but points us towards is the fact that he's not like the elder brother. Jesus is the perfect elder brother. He's the one that the story introduces us to but doesn't mention. He's the one that decided, my younger brother's gone missing, I'm going to leave the glory and the safety and the riches of my father's house, and I'm going to go and find my way with younger brother, and I'm going to bring every lost son and daughter back home into an inheritance that they've squandered, into a share of my wealth, even though they don't deserve it, into a a celebration, into a secure and eternal love. Jesus is the perfect elder brother who's come to all our far-off places to bring wandering wastrels like you and me back. Back home to the Father's house. Amen. Amen. Verse fourteen tells us. Uh, let me just read verse fourteen uh, for you of John chapter one. The Word became flesh. This is like the high point of John chapter one. The Word, Jesus, became flesh, made His dwelling amongst us, came to live here. I think the uh, the original language says He tabernacled. He put up His tent here on planet Earth. We have seen His glory. The glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. This, this homecoming for our hearts, ultimately, is possible only because of this journey that Jesus has made from his home in glory. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We, we sing, I think we sang it this morning. It was probably in my mind in our prayer meeting before the, before the celebration. here. You came from heaven to earth to show the way. From the earth to the cross, my debt to pay. From the cross to the grave, from the grave to the sky, Lord, we lift your name on high. We, we see the journey of, of Jesus Christ for our sakes, in our lostness. We've seen his glory, John says. John was there. John was at the cross. John ran to the empty grave. He, we've seen the glory of the one and only. He came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Now we get to see him too. Now we get our eyes opened by the Spirit to the glory of Jesus. Now we get to recognize God himself has descended into our neighborhood. He's coming to my turf. He's coming to the darkness and the mess and the chaos of my life. In order that I may ascend into the true light and life uh, and come into the family of God that he has for us. Welcome home. That's the message of Jesus. This Christmas, we, we, we were absolutely lost. The Bible tells us that. That was our condition. But where we're lost, he's the light. He's the way. Even if we tried, we can't find our way into God the Father. The Bible says He's the door. He's the gate. We can't get right with God, but the Bible says He exchanges His glory for our mess. He gave up His inheritance. He carries our sin away. He's dealt with the sin that separates us from God the Father. The sin that put Adam out of the garden and keeps us out of our Father's house today. Uh, 2 Corinthians says, He who had no sin became sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. This is the transaction that's taken place because Jesus came from heaven to earth. He he invades our home in order to bring us back to our true home. So this morning we're speaking of light and life and belonging. They're, They're three deep human needs. We can't survive without them. Uh, we need them in all kinds of ways, and we've been expressing some of those this morning. Uh, and, let, and Let's share that love of, of, uh, of, of, of human kindness with those around us this Christmas, but they're ultimately met in relationship with Jesus Christ, the I am, the one who says, come to me. Uh, that's where we find it. Jesus has come to us. He's clothed himself in our humanity. He's lived our lives. He came far from his home. If, if you're here in the UK and you think, man, I'm a long way from my home right now. Hey, Jesus understands uh, what you're feeling and thinking. He's experienced the separation from his father, the, the dissonance, the longing for his father's house and the longing to bring us there. Uh, even as I'm preaching this, I, I, are you feeling it too, that, that sense in your heart? Oh, Jesus, I want more of you. I want to know the Father. I, I, I want this to grow in my heart. I, I want to be able to share. Someone prayed this morning. I was the, it was the tongue and the interpretation, just this desire to share this beautiful story uh, of this love that you've lavished on us. We feel that, don't we, as we look at this story today. I was thinking uh, of my friend who, who said, where, where am I in God's big story? Maybe we can just line up the the movie clip now, guys. We'll come to it in about sixty seconds. Uh, I was thinking, uh, all the all the great stories that we read, all the great stories that we, we watch in the movies. In the end, they're the the good ones, they're all homecoming stories. They all try and tap into that longing that we that we feel. Um, I was thinking of the, of the big ones, the, you know, the big box office ones, The Hobbit, The Lord of the Rings. I think even the Star Wars films, well, I'm confused now as to which ones where and Jude will tell me because he's got a, a, a kind of scientific knowledge of, of what goes where with Star Wars. Yeah, they're all good versus evil, but they're ultimately all about coming home. They're about coming into a place of rest and freedom and some form of family and community. Uh, they they are all in, in a sense eschatological. They're about an unfolding and opening up, to use a theological word, of the of the end times, the end things, where everything is made right, where there's an ultimate safe place of contentment, where wars have ceased, or where, as Disney has taught us, everyone lives happily ever after. That is the long uh, little princes and princesses love Disney because it taps into a longing in all of our hearts that one day everything is going to be put right. Beloved, it is in Jesus Christ. Wow! I'm just going to show you a clip for two minutes from a movie called. uh, Are we all right with that, guys? Yeah, called Green Book. Uh, It's a beautiful movie. If you haven't seen it, I'm spoiling it because I'm showing you the end scene. Um, But watch it. You can stream it for free somewhere, I'm sure. Uh, uh, If you don't know what's going on, there's been an American Italian uh, Italian American family. and uh, they're racist, they're closed uh, back in the 1950s uh, and an African-American who's alone, he doesn't fit in his own community uh, and the I- Italian and the African-American have been on the road working together for a month and the end of the story that we'll see now is, is a it's a it's a kind of redemptive homecoming that points to our meaning today where you get a little bit teary like me at that point if you don't you may be a bit confused but I hope you get the sense of uh, that uh, welcome and belonging. I I love that embrace at the door. Um, We're going to break bread in a moment, but let me just finish by trying to pull all this together. This this longing to be at home for Christmas, I think it touches a deep God-given ache in our hearts to belong, to have meaning. What it is to be invited in, to to say, make room, get the guy a chair, pull up a plate, sit by the fire, to to give and receive gifts, to value others and to feel like you are valued, just to be noticed, to be loved and called special. That's what it means to be at home and it's in all of our hearts. It's probably one of the reasons why Christmas is so hard for so many as well. It's inevitable because we approach Christmas with ideas of perfection and a longing and an ache in our hearts, but we've got wounded hearts and so the dream and the yearning isn't what we'd hope for. And it isolates us and it disappoints us. And sometimes they don't pull up a chair and they don't offer a plate and they don't embrace you at the door and it divides. And we can feel like outsiders looking in and we can feel rejected and have enforced feelings of failure and loneliness and distance and not belonging and not really fitting in anywhere. We just want to say to you, and we want to live this way in a town through December, this Christmas, this imperfect family of believers, you and me, we want to invite you and the rest of the town to find the home they've always been looking for through Jesus Christ. Amen. He, he's the good news. He's the way, the life the light, he's the door, he's the one who puts the lonely into families and gives them a seat at the table, he's the one that binds up the broken hearted, he's the one that invites the stranger uh, and the far off to come near, he's the one that, that welcomes the sick and the weak and the have nots and the never will haves and the disgraced and the fallen and he invites them just to come as they are and to have a seat at his table. Welcome home this Christmas. Come close. Uh, if you don't let know Jesus, you can come to the table as we break bread in a moment. You can believe in Jesus. You can begin to belong and to walk with him and to walk in a community and in a family that are learning to walk with him. And if you're a disciple of Jesus already, then hey, through this December, let's come close again in worship. And let's go carry this life away, as we've been saying, to the world around us. Let's open up our hearts, our tables, our lives, our stories. If you haven't got yourself into a small group and a discipling community, get stuck into one. Even through December, don't wait for January. Belong, grow, serve others. Open up your life. Grow in life and light. We get to build a house together. We get to build a home together where many people will meet Jesus. Amen. Why don't you stand with me? Um, Ian, can you come back with the band and just help us? We're going to break bread together. We're going to break bread each Sunday through December, just as a deliberate response. The Scriptures say we can break bread with glad and sincere hearts. One day, friends, that scene on the table that was played out there, we're all going to get, if we're in Christ, to eat and feast and celebrate with him. Chris mentioned that earlier on with that kind of prophetic uh, story about the advent calendar he was telling. Today we get to anticipate something of that in this little taste of a of a meal as we break the bread which represents the body and drink the wine which represents the blood of Jesus. We put our faith and trust in him. If you're not yet a follower of Jesus, You're welcome just to watch as believers come forward and do this. There's a prayer on the screen and a scripture that will just start, it's on there already, just start scrolling around. Just invite you, believer or not yet believer, pray the prayer. Pray it with someone else. Read the scripture for yourself. If you want to follow Jesus for the first time, if you want to pray this prayer and say, Jesus, I I do want to begin following you. Hey, then pray this prayer. Come and take bread and wine with us and and, uh, take a step towards following Jesus. We'd love to pray with you this morning. So, Can you just play something beautiful that helps us worship? And uh, we'll get some words up in a few minutes, but maybe just let the prayer uh, roll around for a while. Okay, family, let's come to the table. Wherever you're from, whatever your background, near or far, young or old, rich or poor, you're so welcome at this table. Come pull up a chair. (laughs)